Okay, I think we're rolling. Today we have Nick Faluca from Palermo's Pizza. And of course, of course, uh, Palermo's is the parent brand of Screamin' Sicilian, which has been talked about in the podcast in the back or in the past. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you very much, Taylor. We, I, I appreciate being on, and uh, I love that you're a huge fan of Screamin' Sicilian. It's, uh, it was my, it was my, my baby that I that I helped create, and it's, I'm very proud of it. So thank you. Of course. So how did Screamin' Sicilian? start because it's one of the brands for palermos so, yeah, so how did the uh, whole thing happen yeah so maybe i'll give a, a a brief history of just palermos in general and then kind of you know then i'll fast forward to screaming so um so my grandfather uh came over from palermo sicily in the 50s and uh he started a small bakery in milwaukee's east side and uh his focus was always on on people and products and he was, you know, the, like the nicest person if you would need help. But if you tried to take advantage of him, he was, he, he didn't like that. So he was a, a true Sicilian in that, in that standpoint. And I remember um, when I'd be over at his house, I'd, I'd hear him and I learned all the swear words from him on the phone with the cable companies. And, uh, and so I would be like, dad, why, why is Nuno Jack? That's how we say that was his name. Uh, why is he screaming? He's like, no, he's not screaming. He's just he's just talking. And at family dinners, you know, everything was very loud, and because I had a big Italian family, and so so he started uh, the frozen pizza business in 1979. Um, and we've you know we've done everything from our own brand. Uh, we made a lot of other people's brands uh, as well. So you know, private label that means store brand pizzas. Um, and, you know, and really we got our success when we introduced our Palermo's Primo Thin. And so that mm -hmm. kind of get us, got us nationwide distribution through Costco. Um, and then fast forward to 2016 when we said, okay, you know, we've been making frozen pizzas for quite a long time now. So what's missing? And at that time, craft beer was really starting to take off. And we saw that, you know, the Millers and the Anheuser-Buschs were – not struggling because they were still the dominant player, but all these small breweries were popping up and people making really great beer. And we said, okay, well, we have the resources. We, we know what a great pizza is. We've been making it for so long. Let's come up with just a really great pizza and no guardrails at all. And so that's what launched the conception of, of Screamin' Sicilian. So we literally chose the best ingredients that we could find. We went to restaurant sources to get, you know, our meats and our cheeses and our, you know. so that's how it started was just, we wanted to make the best damn pizza that we could. And uh, you definitely succeeded in that. Well, thank you. It's, I remember the first time I tried it, I was so surprised how good it was for frozen pizza. Cause when you think frozen pizza, you don't necessarily think, those high quality ingredients. And that's the thing that I think really sets it apart from other brands. Mm. Everything seems just as high quality as it can be. Like uh, one thing I always talk about with the Supreme pizza, how fresh the vegetables are. I've never had frozen vegetables in any capacity that are that fresh. So like every step of the process, it's like you were like, we have to do this out of 10 you know what i mean yep yeah i mean we 
you know, the way it's interesting because people's perception of frozen sometimes is, oh, frozen is not as good. But, you know, the reality is that when you take a fresh vegetable and you flash freeze it, it locks in all that flavor, all that moisture. Um, whereas sometimes, like if we were to put fresh vegetables on a frozen pizza, you know, by the time you would get it, it would be all, you know, have like these ice crystals on it and it would, all the moisture would seep out. So, you know, there's really a, a special process of, of taking a vegetable and flash freezing it. And so for us, that's, you know, it's important to the, we found a supplier that could have a really great vegetable. That, that, like I was saying, that's the one thing for me that really sets screaming apart from, from other frozen pizza brands is just that quality. It's and so it's influenced kind of by like the craft beer then from what, yeah. from what you're saying and that whole scene. I can even tell that just in the box, in the design, the mustache, all of that. It seems like it's very well thought out as far as branding goes. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So for the branding, that was really fun because we're like, okay, like what's a craft pizza name? And we didn't want to call it Palermo's because, um, so, you know, if you're familiar with like a lining Kugels, lining Kugels doesn't say, you know, Miller's premium beer or whatnot. It's, it's just lining Kugels. And so, so we said, okay, well, we need a, its own, it needs to be its own brand. And we thought of lots of names. Is it a, a descriptive name? Is it something like, you know, stone baked or, you know, but, you know, really we want to pay homage to our founder, you know, Papa Palermo, who I called Nuno Jack. And, you know, he, he had a big mustache. Um, and, uh, and it was funny because again, he, he kind of was that screaming Sicilian. So this brand kind of embodies his persona. Um, so, you know, it's, it's special. It's special to me just, you know, from that aspect as well. So it sounds like screaming was a real passion project for you. It was. Yeah. I mean, for all of us, because, you know, at the time frozen pizza, um, I mean, we were the first ones to do a, a premium craft pre pizza. And, um, you know, we, we said, okay, you know, right now all the pizzas are, you know, four or $5 pizzas, but, you know, we're going to charge $10, you know, and, and since then we've, we find ways to, you know, take cost out without reducing the product just by optimization. But, um, you know, so when, when it came out, it was a $10, it was a $10 pizza because we just had no idea how to make this pizza. I mean, we are using, we're using real fresh mozzarella from Wisconsin, which is, you know, something that no one else is doing. And, uh, and since then, actually, we we uh, we found this local farm that's able to make us fresh mozzarella from Wisconsin, and it's, it's such a cool such a cool process. I mean, I could I could do a whole story on just that um, on that fresh mozzarella, but uh, yeah. So the brand really embodies you know kind of who we are as uh, as a company as our founder. So it's 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 all about passion. It's about giving you know people a great experience. Talk to me a little bit about working for a family business because I have worked for multiple family businesses and it's always been good, but there's always been this element of chaos. Mm -hmm. um, you know, yeah, there's, there's definitely, you know, there's definitely their ups and downs. You know, it's, it's hard to, I can't say I would change anything, but I also can't say that I'd recommend it for someone just going into it. I mean, I've always been a part of the family business even, you know, from grade school all the way through high school and college, 
I never thought that I'd stay with the family business. I always wanted to go into something else, maybe psychology or, you know, an Italian major. Um, but, you know, just working here, working with the people, um, you know, I, I love, I love the, the role. I love the company. And so I just stuck, I stuck with it and I, I'm happy I did. Um, but it's challenging, you know, you know, the, 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 the conversations and the tough conversations that I'll have with my family will sometimes roll over to the, you know, to the dinner table. Oh yeah. And, you know, with some family members more so than others. And, um, you know, but in a way, I think it's a good thing. Cause I mean, that's a way that my dad and I still, you know, bond is cause you know, yes. I mean, we're big sports fans and we'll talk about, you know, other things, but we're always going to come back to work or some kind of um, business related discussion, but I actually enjoy it. So, you know, it's not for everyone because it's, it definitely adds a different level of, you know, stress and complexity. Um, but I think luckily my family has been good that, even though we can have like a knockdown, drag out conversation at work, we can go have dinner together and, you know, hang out and it's all good. What have you learned from your dad? You know, he is, he is the quintessential entrepreneur. Um, and I was listening to your, your previous podcast. Um, I forgot what his name was. The gentleman from the sports memorabilia. And yeah. Brandon Steiner. Yeah, and that was a, that was a great. I really enjoyed that podcast. And um, thank you. And so there was some you know, discussion of entrepreneurship. And my dad's a serial entrepreneur. I mean, that is it is built in his DNA of being that entrepreneur. And so I think you know, and he is like he he's a ready shoot aim kind of a person. And um, it, it he's obviously been extremely successful with that. And so. I think what, what I've learned is taking the best attributes from that kind of that high drive, that high entrepreneurial spirit, but also taking a step back in my own, with my own personality and saying, all right, like what's, what's the best move forward with any decision? You know, cause he's a, let's go hundred miles an hour. And I say, okay, good idea. How do we then like steer the ship in the right direction? Bring it to reality. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we always have, it's funny because we actually just had this conversation recently. He's like, okay, well, I'm going to be a drive, drive, drive. And you're going to say, okay, let's maybe think about it. And by the two of us coming together, we're going to come out with the, with the right decision because it's kind of like that yin and that yang of, you know, if he wasn't driving so hard, I probably wouldn't be as cautious in, a, in the business world. Mm -hmm. And I'm usually not, a, I'm not a very cautious person in my general life, but in the business world, you know, the stakes are higher. And so, um, you know, it's, it's a great balance and, you know, I wouldn't now if on a day-to-day -day basis, I might say, I might change the way that, you know, he might behave or I might behave, but when it comes down to it, it works out. And so I think I've definitely learned, you know, all of my business sense, you know, from my father and, you know, my mom as well. Um, just because of, of their distinct, just driving personalities. Talk to me a little bit about Nuna Jack. So he started the company in 1979. You said before that he owned a bakery. He came over from Sicily. Yeah. This is a true American story. Yeah. I mean, so interesting. So he came over, um, pre, 
pre-World War, um, he came over with some family. He actually went back to Sicily during World War II to help out with his family because they were in the hills of Sicily, which, you know, Sicily has been invaded by every single country in that area across every, you know, all the generations. And then um, in 64, he came back to the United States. Uh, actually, he went, instead of going to Ellis Island, he went to Venezuela and he got married in Venezuela. And then from Venezuela, they came to, to Milwaukee and they couldn't afford to go to Ellis Island. So literally they, when they came here, they had no money. They didn't speak a lick of English. And he worked as a dishwasher. Um, he worked in tile. And he finally saved enough, up enough money to renovate a small little building to be his bakery. And he did very traditional Sicilian um, cookies and cakes and breads. Um, and then, in, so that was in 1964 when he opened that. In 1969, he opened Palermo Villa Restaurant. And, um, you know, in, in that restaurant, it was a, it, it was a, it was a great restaurant. It's a popular restaurant. Um, all the, all the movie stars of the, of the sixties and seventies would actually go there and hang out with him. And there's lots of incredible stories about, you know, them being open till, you know, four in the morning and opening back up at 10 o'clock morning the next day. And he said, you know, I need to have a better life for my children because this is not sustainable to have my three sons working this much. I mean, he wasn't able to go to any of my, my, my you know, dad or uncle's, you know, basketball games or sporting events because they were working. His life was working and building a better life for his family. So the story goes that one, one weekend when my grandma and dad and uncles were at Disney World, he decided to sell the restaurant and get into frozen pizza. And the reason he got into frozen pizza is because somebody um, brought him a Stouffer's French bread pizza. He said, hey, Jack, you got to try this. He's like, why? This is garbage. I don't want to try this. He's like, just try it. It's like, okay. It's like, this is terrible. It's like, that's the point. You should get into the business. You should be making frozen pizza. And so... He just did it. He didn't, he didn't think twice. He didn't have a plan B. He's like, I'm going to go in the frozen pizza because I'll be able to provide a better life for my family. Um, and so that's the way that he, he got into the frozen business side. And I mean, in, in the time when he was starting, it was crazy. Cause I mean, he was, you know, he was making his own sausage from pork butts. He was, he was, you know, chopping his own vegetables. Everything that he was doing was, you know, by hand and, and he just slowly grew the business um, by just great relationships and great products. Um, so, you know, him, he was probably even more of an entrepreneur than my dad because, you know, they had, I mean, he had nothing and he started with nothing. And it's really just like the, the true American dream story. And so, um, you know, he passed away in 2012. Uh, my grandmother is still alive and, there's some just incredible stories of, you know, the grit and determination. I mean, they actually, at one point back in the, in the, in the, in the 80s, they actually mortgaged their house, you know, to, in order to, to pay, the, you know, pay the bills for the company. And someone's like, you should just, just sell it. And he's like, no, I'm going to continue to do this. I'm going to grow it and I'm going to be successful. And, and he was. And so, like, we wouldn't be where we are today, you know, without my grandfather and grandmother just – putting in, you know, countless hours of hard work. 
Those are the kind of stories that I'm obsessed with. Those, those true American dream stories. Can you talk to me a little bit about the city of Milwaukee and what kind of role it plays in the business? You know, it's interesting that Wisconsin is a pizza hub. There are more pizza producers in Wisconsin. I mean, it is like, it's the pizza capital of the United States as far as like pizza producers. Um, and we didn't even realize it at the time, you know, so, you know, I mean, in general, Milwaukee is a, it's a great city to be in uh, for, for pizza production. I mean, where we are in Milwaukee, we're in between, uh, so it's called the Menominee Valley and it's a, um, it's a, it's a business park mixed with a state park right next to Miller Park, which is, you know, our Milwaukee Brewers baseball stadium. Um, so we've got a great diverse um, employee base right around us. We're only five miles from the downtown. Um, you know, so Milwaukee in itself is great. I mean, we've got great water. Um, we've got great natural resources. Obviously, we've got great cheese. We've got great meats. So, you know, from a, a place to manufacture, it's, I mean, we couldn't ask for a better place. We don't have hurricanes. We don't have, you know, tornadoes. It's really just four got, feet of snow, just four feet of snow. That's all we've got. But it's interesting that, you know, if you look at all the pizza producers in Wisconsin, now most of them have, have left. So, you know, Tombstone and Jack started as local Wisconsin pizza companies. Um, got bought out by, by Kraft and got bought out by Nestle. So they're, you know, they're gone, but in this region, there's just a lot of players. So there's good collaboration, even though a lot of them are competitors and, you know, I, you know, you know, I can still speak highly of them as, you know, businesses because, because for us, we want people to buy more frozen pizza. I obviously want people to buy all of our brands of frozen pizza. Um, but the more that people say, you know what, frozen pizza is pretty good. I'm going to buy frozen pizza instead of spending $36 at during takeout, you know? And so you can get, you can get two great pizzas, you know, and feed a family for under 20 bucks, you know? And whereas you can't do that with, with takeout. Yes, absolutely. Like I know for me and kind of part of my Nashville story, screaming Sicilian has played a role uh, one of the bands that I play in, Emma Holden Trio, every time we practice, we always decide through group text who's bringing Bessie's Revenge. Hmm. And we know it's going to be a night whenever someone says double Bessie's. Um, and we'll jam, we'll play music and everything like that. And we have like jams that we've named after the pizzas. That's incredible. Uh, yeah. So it's it's played like a huge role. And every time uh, I'll be doing something here, it's it's always screaming. You know, that, that's what we always go with. We're always super excited for it. And uh, it's, it's just played a part in my Nashville story. You know, originally when I was talking to uh, Rebecca, she was kind of like, okay, this guy from Nashville who's a musician <laughs> wants to have us on and we're not really sure why. Um, but that's the reason why it's, it's been such a huge role in, in what I'm doing. That's incredible. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm honored to hear stories like that. You know, it's sometimes, you know, you're, we're involved in the day-to-day -day grind of, you know, you know, everything, everything business. And then every, you know, trying to figure out how to, how to always improve on, you know, process and how to always improve on the product. But it's just, it's just great to kind of, a have conversations with people and you know and and hear their their love of a product so it's you know it's a huge honor for you know, myself and the company 
absolutely. Can can you talk a little bit about to the different uh, the different flavors, if you will, of Screaming Sicilian that are out right now? Because you guys sent me some in the mail, and yeah. there's some that we got. We got like the chicken bacon ranch and the buffalo chicken that aren't down in Nashville. I haven't seen in stores. Yeah. So I mean, you know, we've got. I mean, we've got so many products and you know so many brands, um, and unfortunately they can't, they, they can't go everywhere. You know, there's mm-hmm. just limited space in the freezer section. So under Screaming Sicilian, we have our, what we call our core line, which is, you know, the stone baked crust. So, you know, we actually have an imported um, Italian uh, pizza oven, um, but you know, Italian marble that makes this crust. Um, so this crust it's, we call it our core line more original. Um, so we've got, you know, the, the the cheese, which is the best of revenge, the holy pepperoni, the supremus maximus, the brazen buffalo, the boss hog, which is a um, sausage pizza. You got the mother of meat, which is a four meat, um, the mambo italiana, which is a meatball and pepperoni. So those are all great meatballs, by the way. Those are good, yeah. But then we also have different lines. So we have our thin crust right now, which is exclusive at Walmart. Um, for a time being and it's a really crisp it's like how thin of a crispy crust can we get mm-hmm. and the crust is not the important part it's just a carrier of all these toppings so we put the same amount of toppings on this super thin crust so the crust gets really crispy and it's just overloaded with toppings um then we have a line called zabruski which is really fun it's actually um we use lining kugels beer real lining kugels kegs of beer and we, when we pump it into the crust and so it's, it's like a beer bread. Um, so with that one, we, uh, I really like the hot Italian and pepperoni one, yeah. uh, the hot Italian sausage and pepperoni. What's different with the cheese with that? Do you put, uh, beer in the cheese as well? Or? Yeah. It's a beer cheese sauce. There's beer in the crust. Um, that sausage is one of our best sausages. It's like a very spicy sausage. I agree. It was great. Um, it was a very hearty pizza. It's good for a cold night. Yeah. It's a, it's a hearty indulgent pizza. You know, it's a great pizza that, you know, everyone gets a slice, you know, it's probably not a pizza that you're probably eat the whole thing. Um, but you know, we want to, as a company provide pizzas on, on all ends of the spectrum. So, you know, we've got other brands that are, more focus on health and wellness. Um, Screaming's definitely on the more indulgent side. We have some brands that are, you know, catering to someone who just wants a good $5 pizza, you know? And so we want to be the go-to um, for your, for your frozen pizza desires, w- you know, whatever that may be. You know, we've even got, you know, one of our brands, Urban Pie, um, we put hemp seeds in the crust, you know? And so it's, we have so many great ideas and we love coming out with them. How did the partnership with, uh, is it lining Kugels? Is that how you say it? Yeah. So lining Kugels. Um, so they're a local Wisconsin, uh, brewery, um, owned by Miller now, but, um, what we did is we said, okay, we're going to put beer in this crust and we're not going to be biased to, you know, so we, we tested brands like hams and, uh, PBR, um, and some other, you know, local craft breweries. And after doing all the tests, A, we did lots of beer crust tests and B, we tried lots of beer to go with it. So that was pretty fun at the office, being able to drink beer and eat pizza. But 
it turned out that Leinenkugels was the best beer for the process. So for whatever reason, it tasted the best and it um, it performed the best in the crust. And so it was it was a blind blind taste test, um, no bias, and they're the ones who won. So we're happy that it's a a local Wisconsin brewery that ended up winning. That's fantastic. I, I love collaborations like that. Yeah. Also on Screamin', I should say, we, one of the varieties, which I forgot to mention, it's, uh, so are you familiar with Johnsonville? They're, uh, they're a sausage and brat company. Yeah, yeah. Um, we did a collaboration with them, the Johnsonville Brat Pizza. So it's, it's a Screamin' crust, mozzarella cheese, Johnsonville brats, and roasted peppers and onions. Oh, man, that sounds delicious. That one's really good. It's really fun. What uh, what are you guys working on right now that you're going to have that's going to be new? So, I mean, we're, I mean, for Scream, we're trying to figure out, you know, what direction do we go? Do we, do we want to go, you know, more indulgent? So, you know, more things in the vein of, um, you know, beer cheese and, you know, really indulgent. Do we want to go um, more basic? Do we want to go more, you know, American regional? So, I mean, those are all, you know, insights of where we're going, and I, I, we don't have a specific direction yet. Um, so, I mean, we are trying different, you know, different items in a pan. We're trying different um, items that might not be pizza, but we want to just deliver on the great screaming experience of, of the best out there. So, um, you know, I, I'd always love to hear, you know, even from you, like, what do you think, what do you think Screamin's missing? What kind of, what kind of crust or sauce or toppings? Uh, would you, let me ask you this. Do pineapples go on pizza? Pineapples do go on pizza. Would you ever do a Hawaiian pizza? We would. Yeah. We would I do think with, with your guys quality of freshness, if you find just the greatest pineapples of all time and the greatest ham of all time, it might be the most excellent Hawaiian pizza ever. So I have a question. Do you like your Hawaiian with a traditional red sauce or a barbecue sauce? I would personally go with the red sauce. Okay. I'm more of a traditionalist in that way. Mm -hmm. we, can, we can definitely do a ham and pineapple pizza. I mean... It's, it's such a fun debate because some people hate it. Some people like pineapple does not belong. And I say anything that people are willing to eat on a pizza belongs on a pizza. I mean, agreed. I'm not a, I mean, I'm a purist when it comes to like, if I'm going out, but even then, you know, I'm happy to stumble into a, you know, a place and get a, a slice of greasy pizza. So. Yeah. I would say for me, uh, Hawaiian would be the, the biggest thing from screaming sicilian that i would love to see i know like so my favorite one is is i'm either going to go with mambo italiano or uh the supreme pizza so i love the mambo italiano just because of the fact that the meatball is so good like it's such high quality that like you could eat the meatballs on their own and they're big they're flavorful all that when we when we try to source our meats that was a painful process. You know, you think, oh, just eating pizza and sausage and meatball a day, like how fun is that? But when we tried different meatballs, I mean, we probably had 20 different meatballs that we were trying, probably 30 different sausages that we tried. 
And then once we found the ones that we liked or the vendors we liked, then we narrowed it down even further and further, you know, optimize how we wanted it. So that was a, a memorable, but it was a, it was a long process of, of getting the meats right. Cause I mean, it was funny when we, when we uh, named the mother of meat, one of our names was the meat sweats because of all the research we did trying to source these meats and just trying three different kinds of bacon, four different kinds of sausage. And it was just like, Oh my God, I, I can't eat any more meat today. It's, it's too much. It does not sound like the worst job in the world. It is not the worst job in the world. It is funny though. Cause sometimes I'll go home after eating, you know, 20 pizzas. My wife says, Hey, I, tonight we're doing pizza. I'm like, Oh gosh. All right. <laughs> and at that first reminds- I say no, but then when it's cold in the refrigerator, two hours later, I'll go get a slice. That reminds me of uh, the episode of The Simpsons where Homer, uh, he goes to hell and he's force-fed donuts. Have you seen that one? (laughs) No, I haven't. Yeah, so he ends up going to whatever his own personal hell is and Satan is just feeding him donut after donut after donut and he's just getting fatter and fatter and fatter (laughs) and he's loving it. it, It's painful for him, but he also loves it. It's that's, hilarious. That's how I feel with pizza. Yeah. Because I, I won't turn down pizza. Like, I can eat pizza all day long, every day. It's Because there's so many different kinds of pizza. You know, yeah. and fortunately at Palermo's, I mean, you know, so shameless plug, we've got, you know, our Palermo's brand. We've got a brand called Connie's, which is a Chicago brand um, that we, we bought. Um, we've got Urban Pie, which is, you know, just really flavor-forward um, recipes like chicken sausage and pesto and vegetable crust and hemp seed crust. So when we're doing ideation for all these brands, um, it's always something new. You know, today I was eating our rising crust pizza just before this, their call. And, uh, that was delicious. And it's got, you know, a half pound of cheese on it, which is awesome and heavy and delicious. And, you know, after this call, I'm going to go down and try uh, actually different line extensions for for screaming sicilian so i'll have to make sure i tell them to you know what guys we, we're gonna we're adding a hawaiian it's the request of taylor so maybe it'll be called the taylor who knows i am honored um so where can people find you where wh- who should they follow on instagram like all your social medias can you plug those yeah so uh palermo's pizza uh urban pie Screaming Sicilian would be the three, the three to follow. Um, we're definitely most active on Instagram uh, and Facebook. A um, little bit on Twitter, um, but those are our, our main platforms. Uh, we actually, we've got a contest giveaway right now uh, with Urban Pie that we're giving away uh, a year, a year supply of pizza. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. And then uh, January during National Pizza Month, we'll be doing a bunch of other really cool giveaways of. Palermo swag and pizzas and whatnot. So um, we'd love everyone's comments and pictures and engagement. For sure. Hey man, thank you so much for coming on today. It was a huge honor to talk to you. Yeah, you too. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Of course.